40 years since the Guangzhou Rising. This comes from Korea and is written by Father Donald O'Keefe. Following the assassination of the dictatorial president Park Chung-hee in October of 1979, the spring of 1980 was a time of great hope in Korea. The country was preparing for free elections and people were holding public rallies demanding change. However, on May 17, martial law was declared and the opposition leaders were arrested. And this led to widespread demonstrations, especially in Guangzhou in Jelian Amado, the home province of the main opposition figure Kim Dae-jung. The army was sent in, the city isolated, censorship was imposed, and the movement for democracy in the city was brutally suppressed with hundreds of people killed and injured. According to the authorities, the number killed was 144, but according to the Bereaved Family Association, at least 165 civilians died between May 18 and May 27. Another 76 are still missing. Some argued that the actual death toll was over 1,000. And today, 40 years later, the country is still searching for the truth and for the missing bodies. In 1987, Columban priests worked in Guangzhou and a further 10 in the surrounding areas. The foreign ministry had ordered that all foreigners should leave the province, but the Columbans had decided to stay with the people. Father Dan O'Gorman worked in the parish of Yongguang, just outside Guangzhou City. He and a diocesan priest, Father Francis Shonglong Kim, were instrumental in getting the news of the suppression and killings out to the world. Last June, I met Father Dan in Ireland and heard his recollection of those events. He recalled driving into Guangzhou City to get the latest news about his confrères on Monday, May 26, 1980. I only got to the outskirts, Song Zhongri, when I noticed some lads on the roofs with guns. I stopped, got out of the car and held up a white handkerchief. A few of them came down to see me. They said they were expecting the army and they told me to get out of there. And the next thing I heard the tanks coming, so I went into a house where the people told me to lie on the floor. And then a loudspeaker told everyone inside to come out. I went out first. They had their guns trained on me. My jeep had been turned on its side and two soldiers were behind it. A young guy came out of another house and said there were guns inside. And then the rest of the lads came out with their arms up. The army personnel put them up against the wall and beat the heck out of them. And I asked them, why are you doing that? They said the lads were the enemy. The soldiers turned my jeep over and they escorted me part of the way back to Yongguang. In January this year, I met Father Francis Chongyong Kim, a priest of the Diocese of Guangzhou, now retired in Korea. As pastor of Namdong Parish in downtown Guangzhou, he witnessed what was happening. He recalled coming out for Sunday morning Mass on May 18 and learned that martial law had been imposed nationwide the previous night. And over the following days, he witnessed soldiers arresting people, 
often for no reason, stripping them down to their underwear and mercilessly beating them with clubs. Testimonies, photographs and internal records attest to the use of bayonets, and this brutality led to demonstrations and further reprisals. The worst day was May 21, when over 50 people were shot dead by the military. The archbishop and priests were to the fore in trying to negotiate a solution, and Father Francis was nominated as spokesperson for a newly established Citizens Settlement Committee. On Monday, May 26, word came that the enemy, led by tanks, were coming into the city. Father Francis and some members of the Citizen Settlement Committee decided to approach the military to try and get them to back off. We negotiated with the military for about four hours, but it was futile. A decision was made to get the news out to the rest of the country, and I was asked to go to Seoul. The problem was how to get out of the city as it was in lockdown. I got the feeling that if I got to Yongguang, Father Yuan, Dan's Korean name, would get me out. He would be my guardian angel. They arrived after dark at Father Dan's church, and Father Dan takes up the story. There was a knock at the door, and who was there but Father Francis Song Yong Kim with a press man. They said they wanted to go to Seoul, so we got into the jeep. I had disguised Francis. I put some flour on his hair to make him look grey. I had some sunglasses and gave him a leather coat, which I had, and made him look quite foreign. It was agreed that Dan would do the talking in English if they were stopped and introduced Francis as a visiting priest who had become ill during his trip from Songjongri. Again, Father Francis continued the story. Close to the provincial border, we were stopped by soldiers and a tank, and one of the soldiers asked Father Dan, Who are you? And Father Dan replied, I am from Yongguang Parish. And the soldier asked, Who is that with you, pointing at me? And Father Dan said it was a man called Jack Quinn. In fact, Jack Quinn, another Columban, had entered the country a few days previously. They went away to check. After that, they said we could go. Father Francis did get to Seoul and met the Cardinal, and so the news of Guangzhou was sent to Japan, and from there all over the world. Afterwards, Father Francis was sentenced to 12 years in jail because of his role in these events, but he was released after one year. Today, that whole incident is known as the Guangzhou Democratic Movement and is seen to be a key moment in modern Korean history, a time when the people stood up to armed dictatorship and laid down their lives for freedom. It was also a time that the church stood with the people. In May 1980, Fathers Dan O'Gorman and Francis Song Yong Kim played their part and contributed in a very concrete way to the society and the church we now know today in Korea. That article written by Columban Father Donald O'Keefe. He's been working in Korea since 1976 and is now Rector of the Korean Formation Programme.